You're listening to the NBA Outsiders Podcast, hosted by Peter Kennedy, John Lucas, Duffy, Frank Villani, and Justin Babb. We talking ball. We talking ball, and we tweeting ball at NBA underscore Outsiders, and this is the Sports Blog New York Podcast. So give them a follow, too, at SportBlogNYC. Hit them up with a follow. And you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, all that good stuff. Just follow us on Twitter, and we'll hook it up. Yeah, also check us out on the World Wide Web at sportsblognewyork.com. Just click on the podcast tab, and we will be there. I can't really sing. <laughs> yeah. La, 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 You're listening to the NBA Outsiders Podcast, a Sports Blog New York podcast hosted by Peter Kennedy, John Lucas Duffy, Frank Villani, and Justin Babb. Guys, we're here to talk some ball. We had a fun-ass weekend full of NBA basketball, but also uh, NCAA basketball popped up as well. We're not going to get too much into that in this pod, but boy, do we have stuff to talk about. We got the Knicks, LeBron, the Cavs. We got the Celtics on a 13-game win streak which we know makes stuff real happy. But, boys, how are we all doing today? How much have you guys been enjoying the NBA so far? Man, it's been amazing. Um, I just, like, stay up from, like, 12 o'clock to, like, 2 o'clock is, like, my prime time watching reruns of these games because you can get them done fast after they're done. No commercials, no halftime. And I just burn through, like, three of them late at night after watching one live and, I can't get enough, man. I really can't. And that is Frank Villani, who uh, I saw his little setup. Frank, I know how you like to roll. You got your either 2K or Call of Duty, which is huge in the NBA community right now. And you got your screen right to the right. You're watching games all the time. I love it. Duff, how you feeling about your C's, right? Your Celtics? That's still your team, right? Oh, yeah. Celtics and my Sixers, both my teams. <laughs> I'm feeling great about both of them. This Celtics, obviously, have just been on an absolute tear. Even without Gordon Hayward, it's been pretty incredible. They even won without Kyrie Irving. He was back tonight with the mask. They got the W again. Sixers, 7-6, seven six, not bad. Uh, I feel like people who are listening to this show, who don't know you, who are like passionate fans, are just like, screw this kid. You can't be a Sixers and a Celtics fan. People just got to learn that you pick the teams that you like because you think they're good and play good basketball, and you root for them. And that's something that like is... I can't, you know, some fans are just way too passionate about it. Like, way too much, you know what I'm saying? Above all else, I love good basketball, and I love people who play good basketball. And I explained all this last week about how I was a Nets fan, I got my heart broken, and I just can't do it again. I I kind of just wanted to make you relive that, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Still still just a bunch of baloney, in my opinion, but we'll move on. (laughs) And Frankie's example A. But Justin Babb, he's kind of passionate about one team, but he keeps it real. Babb, how you enjoying basketball right now? What's up, man? It's been good. The great thing about basketball is that it's on, like, every day. You know, you got people, these big football junkies, it's on, like, it's on one time a week. How, how, how can you enjoy that? You know, it's on one time a week. They play 16 games. That's no fun. We get <laughs> constant action. It's fantastic. It's the best sport in the world. Oh, man, I tweeted out from our Twitter, which is at NBA underscore Outsiders. Give that a follow if you don't already. I tweeted out the other day that NBA League Pass, which we're all lucky enough to enjoy right now, is basically Red Zone or NFL Sunday Ticket just every day of the week. Every day, baby. So it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I know we love to, to talk about all the games. We're going to get into a lot of stuff, so let's do it. Let's get off to a hot start here, just like the New York Knicks did. 
right? The New York Knicks came out firing on Monday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers in Madison Square Garden. I mean, the game was electric. The garden was electric. But then we reached that point in the fourth quarter where Knicks fans went, uh-oh. Braun looks like he does not want to lose this game. And when LeBron James in the garden, anything could happen at any moment. And what happened was Kyle Korver went absolutely bananas and lit up the garden and came back and beat the Knicks. But there was a whole other layer to this game that happened in the first half while the Knicks were on a huge run. And I'm going to turn it over to Frank Villani, who on the previous episode this week of the Sports Blog New York podcast, not the NBA Outsiders, but the Sports Blog, right now one thing, soon to be two things. Me and Frank talked about this game and uh, previewed it. So Frank, the floor is yours. Make a play. What did you see in that game? So it started off great for us. Uh, everybody was coming out firing, really, except for Porzingis. He had one of his worst shooting nights of the season. But to see the team around him just step up like that was was awesome. The defense looked like rabid. They were out there. The Cavs looked like they were sleeping. And then, like you said, towards the end of the third quarter, they kind of started to figure it out a little bit. And then by the time the fourth came, it was like a freight train. And we had trouble stopping it. But uh, specifically, I want to talk about the one moment where LeBron James finished an alley-oop and Frankie Nilakina is going to pick up the ball and LeBron's like bodying him up and staring him down and and Frankie just gets up and he pushes him and he shoves him like two times and then Enos Cantor comes over and he gets in his face and just like defends and like that I feel like that kind of stuff didn't happen last year like not that way it just didn't it's just an inspiring moment as a fan like we don't take nothing from nobody kind of deal and it was nice to see um I love the post-game comments where uh, Enos Cantor was like you can call him the king, the queen, the princess. I don't care. Uh, nobody's going to punk us in our city. And, you know, LeBron's trying to play troll, saying he's king of the city. And Porzingis puts out his little Instagram story saying the city knows what's up. Shout out, Drake. Um, you know, LeBron's just a petty little boy. He's mad that he's only 500. Um, he's mad that he's not going to be able to join in, you know, win in New York. Because we don't want you, LeBron. We don't. Uh-oh. Get out of here. Oh, my God. You know, you started off breaking down the situation, and now now you're getting crazy on me, Frank. Duff, can you talk some sense to this kid? That's just the classic, like, you see a girl that's, like, too hot for you at the bar, and you're just like, nah, I don't like her anyway, dude. She's got, she's got like, weird eyes or something. It's like, nah, her hair's too short. It's like you're just making up excuses now because you know she's not going to talk to you anyway, Frank. See, like, I would agree with you normally, but like in this instance, the hot girl came over and poured a drink on my head before I even said a word to her. So, yeah, LeBron just <laughs> hates on New York for no reason. So I feel like I have a reason to hate back. Forget that, man. Wow. You know what? Uh, Duff, I was all on your side right there. That was a pretty quick comeback. <laughs> Is it not true? I, that was Everyone a great analogy, Duff. I don't know. LeBron. If you don't think Knicks fans are in his mentions, it's like every day talking shit, you're wrong. I don't know if he poured a drink on you. He might have shot you a dirty glance, but he didn't pour a drink on you. I like this analogy. Let's keep it here. So this is what happened. LeBron James shows up to the party, and you're there. And, you know, like you texted him beforehand, like, say what up. Like, I'll see you later. But all he did was post Snapchat stories and Instagram stories and didn't answer your text. And then got there, slapped you in the mouth. Or not shot you a dirty look. Sorry, Bab. Shot him a dirty look. And like, what was the, what was the beef? He came into our house with the beef, throwing shade at Frankie low-key. He said it wasn't about Frank. 
But it doesn't matter what your intent was if there was still shade that ended up in his direction, whether he liked it or not. So, Duff and Bap, I want to get your take on this. What do you take about the Dennis Smith comment, right? Because obviously he retracted it by saying it was about Phil and Dennis being a good player. There's no reason Frank can't be good too or whatever, the French kid, whatever he called him. Like, what what do you guys feel about that? Because as a Knicks fan, it was easy to get upset. So as an outsider, an NBA outsider, if you will, what do you think? It's a, like you have to take that as a slight against your player. You have to. As as much as like at the time, I was also like, why would you take you know this kind of unknown guy? Dennis Smith is like a freak. He's a great athlete. He's just dunking on everyone in in Dallas, which is pretty cool. But like Frankie Smokes has been good. He's he's looks like he's up to the challenge. But if you say, oh yeah, even if you're talking about you know, like basically what his replacement would have been. It's like when Gordon Hayward came to Boston and when he was on the Jazz and all the fans were cheering for him and stuff because they wanted to sign him. It's like, all right, you're you're being pro Gordon Hayward, but you're also kind of being anti Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder was salty about that too. Understood. The same thing. To me. That's a good. That's another good analogy, Duff. That's like we're what eight minutes into this podcast right now. And you have, like, two stellar analogies. Good good job. Got you, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just one thing to rebut, though, like, uh, not even rebut, just to add on, I guess. Like, he says that it's not a shot at Frankie Nicotine, and then in the game, like, gets, like, chest, puts his chest yeah, in his face and punk scares him. him down. Like, like, yeah, exactly. He tries to punk him. Like, you sure that's not a shot at Frankie Nilakina? Like, you sure? Because it really seems like it was, and your actions afterwards kind of prove that it was, no? Yeah, exactly. So my question now is, because, Frank, that's another good point, and we'll never know, because LeBron does stuff like this all the time, right? Like, LeBron is just known for kind of making a statement, but also being able to back out of it, and we know how he operates. kind of a weirdo. Can we just just talk about how LeBron just probably isn't cool? Like, is he cool? Do you think LeBron is cool? I think think he's pretty cool. I don't really think he's cool now. I think he's just a fucking weirdo who tweets all of his teammates. (laughs) Yeah, I'm out. Duff, I'm out. I'm with you on that one. I'm out. Like, a great player, amazing player. Love watching him. But he's a – like, I wouldn't want to hang out with LeBron. Like, he just seems – there were – not saying I would turn it down, but, like, think about the NBA list of players you would want to hang out with. I don't even think he's in my top ten. He might not even – I'd rather hang out with a guy who got in trouble, like, once or twice, personally. He might not even be number one on his own team. Oh, That's what I'm not. saying. Like, even someone who's not in the league, like Gilbert Arenas, would be way more fun to hang out with. Are you telling me he doesn't have better stories than LeBron James? I, I think I'd rather hang out with Channing Frye than LeBron James. I'd rather hang out with Richard Jefferson. Oh, absolutely. Guys are saying. Well, he's, not, he's on the Nuggets now. Don't even matter. <laughs> Wait, so here's my next question. <laughs> this, is, this is real. Is Enos Cantor actually a tough guy, or does he just know what it takes to look tough and knows when to, like, act out on it? I think he knows what it takes to look tough, and I also don't think that it's about himself when he does it. I think when he does it, he's genuinely like, this is for my team. Like, I, He's like a ride-or-die dude. Like, When he was on the Thunder, it was the same way when he was there when Kevin Durant left. It was the same way. And then when he left for New York, he was like automatically like, oh, Porzingis is great. Like, he's so good. And uh, he's been playing better since he got to the Knicks. I genuinely think that this Knicks team actually has some culture now, and he's doing it at a place of being a good teammate rather than I want to make myself look good. 
Bab, you've been quiet over there, man. What do you got to say? Bab is no longer in the call. What? Yeah. Bab. He disconnected oh. a while ago. This is good. Let's talk a lot of crap at him. He's not even on Skype anymore. What happened to Babs? <laughs> well, the show must go on. We'll try to find Bab. Well, I guess there's my reasoning of why he's so quiet. And uh, you know what's funny? I go to NBA Math. You ever go to NBA Math.com? They're NBA Math. NBA underscore Math on Twitter? Personally, no, no. I'm not a fucking nerd. <laughs> well, that's fair. I'll take that. But I often tweet it from our account, Duff. Thanks for paying attention. At NBA <laughs> underscore Outsiders. I like to retweet them because they post every single day these total points added metrics and they're on charts right and they basically take offensive plus minus defensive plus minus and chart them out and t- there's a, it's a little bit deeper than that but that's the, the gist of it right and Enos Cantor checks out on an offensive standpoint right by Porzingis like very close for what he does and he's actually slightly he's slightly close to neutral on defense which for him is like a gigantic step up but I think this is enough about the Knicks uh so I just need to put one thing to rest on the Knicks thing here and then this part's actually about LeBron James and the Cavs. So I tweeted this really late last night from my personal account at P. Kennedy 2 Wise about how just wait now for these little LeBron wants to be a Nick takes to pop up. And I didn't even need to wait hours. This morning, the first thing I wake up to is a tweet about how LeBron fits next to Porzingis. And I just... Like, it drives me absolutely insane that people jump to this conclusion after LeBron, LeBron played one game in New York and it was hyped up. I need somebody to talk me off the ledge here because it drives me insane. Am I righteous for being perturbed by all this stupid LeBron's going to be a Nick talk? Those people are just, they're dumb. It's not going to happen. I, they, they ruined, they, he just said it. They ruined their chances of getting LeBron in 2018 by drafting Frankie Nilakina in 2017. I mean, I don't specifically agree with that point. I just think it's such a far cry, and there's been literally multiple off-seasons already where the Knicks fan base has believed this was going to happen, and there was never an actual reason to believe it. Like, I will I will start to believe it when Woj, Shams, or Rich Paul, his agent, or somebody says, yeah, LeBron's open to anything this off-season. Like, we have no idea where he's going to go. But he's not going to say that till the end of the year. So it's a ridiculous conversation when there's so much actual basketball being played. Yeah, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna seamlessly jump back in here like nothing happened. Perfect. Uh, we didn't so even wait. What do you mean jump back in? Yeah, uh, I I jumped out of my pants and I have to jump back in real quick. All right. Well. Um, yeah, but you know that's over. I, f- I finished already. Uh, so are we <laughs> under the assumption that LeBron is is leaving Cleveland? Because I have seen that, and it seems like that's the feeling. Is that is that the assumption that we're all under right now? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know if I missed that part. Seamless rejoin, Bab. Right? I actually I didn't even notice you were gone. Yeah, the, my uh, stuff crashed, but we're back. All right. Glad to have you back, Bab. Glad you got that all figured out. Um, we're moving on to the next thing. Enough about the Knicks. On to my Celtics. Impressive 13-game win streak after starting the season 0-2. After starting the season 0-2, that is now a new record. And it's been it's been a new record for a few wins now. They beat the Nets tonight with Kyrie wearing the mask. Goes for t- game-high 25. And up next on Thursday they got the Warriors and then after that their schedule is looking pretty easy we got Atlanta Dallas Miami Orlando Indiana so the the question i'm getting at here is 
when is this win streak going to end? So, I'm going to jump in real quick and end your little party. Uh, it's ending on Thursday. You said they're playing Thursday? Yep, Thursday. Yeah, it's National Thursday, TV. homie. National TV, everyone's going to watch it end. Mask or not, they're falling. They're home. It's going to be a big game. Everyone gets up for, for, for the dubs. Yeah, we'll see. They're going to want to make a statement. Best team in the East right now, by a long shot, they're going to assert some dominance. Well, I... I mean, I don't think they're going to lose. I think they actually win that game because they, if you look at the past, they've always played the um, the Warriors tough because they always just have athletes who can switch on defense, and that's really good against the Warriors. They can match up small with Horford at the five. So I actually think, I actually think they're going to win that game. You know, now they got Kyrie to close it out, who's definitely better in – defensive situations like switching on to we we've seen him guard Steph Curry in the finals so I think it'll be that type of atmosphere in this game I think it'll be very intense I think this is the one of the only games of the year one of the only teams of the year where people are going to notice how much the Celtics could use Gordon Hayward when it comes to making a finals push you're gonna see you know, Frank, it's funny you bring up that point there because I'm sitting over here thinking, and I've been thinking about the Celtics. I I think they're easily they're obviously the best team in the East right now, right? Like that sounds really fair for me to say. So I'm gonna play a little game with Duff here, and I'm gonna give Duff a a pass. And let's say the Celtics beat the Warriors, or even let's say they lose to the Warriors, but for argument's sake, they win. They play like Duff said, some bad teams. There's a chance if the uh, if the Celtics beat the Warriors. They won't lose until the last day in November against the Sixers or until December. Because they got the Dallas Mavericks, the Heat, the Magic, the Pacers, and Detroit Pistons. And honestly, (laughs) I forgot about the Pistons. And I got to say this. I've been betting against the Pistons all year. We don't talk about gambling too much on this podcast. But I've been betting against them all year because they have to lose soon. But they've been really good too. And it pisses me off. I don't get them at all we'll talk about that later but i think the Celtics can actually look back when november ends and be holy shit we're so far ahead of the rest of the eastern conference this is, huge. This is a huge game i i uh i think they take a big out they listen they beat the warriors i'm i'm all on board that train they'll beat the warriors and then like we said the hawks the mavericks the heat they're all going down but the magic aaron gordon is gonna stop that train in his tracks. He's gonna drop. He's gonna drop forty on their whoever's covering him. Tatum, Porford, whoever, whoever's covering. He's dropping forty. The new look, Aaron Gordon, is gonna stop that Celtics train. <laughs> no, Frank, you, November twenty fourth. Um, my Frank, you got boiling right now. <laughs> my blood is absolutely boiling right now. November 24th. For those who don't know, I love Aaron Gordon, and Frank despises Aaron Gordon. No, I I actually, I don't despise him. Like, he's a how much I love Aaron Gordon. Whatever, but like, yo, the shooting, it's a fluke. It's a fluke. It's a fake thing. It's it's for real. It's very much for real. Since we last talked, he was shooting like 46 or 48%. No, 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 no. He was shooting 55%. No, 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 no. Since the last time we talked about it on the pod, it was like 48. It was 55 no way. That I was get, like two, I, three weeks ago. I guarantee it. He's been 55. It was in the 50s. What, it whatever was it was, 50. maybe it was 50, but like no. whatever it was, it went up since then. Duff, I'm telling you, 
You can you can die on this hill, but it was fifty five. I'm gonna do the math after this show, and then we're gonna tweet it out. Well, if you remember, we had the argument: what's more normal, him shooting over fifty percent, or on uh, Drummond shooting seventy five from the free throw? So why would we have that argument if he's shooting under fifty percent? Ding, ding, ding! Frank is correct. It was legit. Like Duff, I'm sorry you're dying on this hill, but like I am one thousand percent positive he was shooting fifty, like point five five nine. So basically fifty six percent at the time, and now he's at like what fifty three, fifty four. Yeah, he's at 53. Yeah. I'm, I think this is fake news. We'll see. Yeah, this no, is still, okay. I'm still, I still believe news. in Aaron. My, the main point is, I still believe in Aaron Gordon as a shooter. But the Celtics are not going to lose to the Magic. They're not. Also, I want It's happening. My Celtics are not losing to the Magic. I want to say this about the Celtics. It's really crazy that they lost Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. And you can say in return, I mean, obviously they got in return Kyrie Irving, but also replacing them was Gordon Hayward, and he's been out. And their defense is better than last year. Like, it is absurd. They're giving up 95 points a game. Like, that is ridiculous. They have the biggest point differential in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I mean, mean, it's absurd that, like, they got better on defense. It it must be, is it Brad Stevens? Is it Aaron Baines and Daniel Tice? Like, I don't get it. They're sick, though. No, it's it's Jalen Brown and it's Jason Tatum. Because I feel like everyone kind of overrated Jay Crowder as a defender. Like, Two years ago, maybe three years ago, he was like that great defender who would challenge LeBron. And then after that, I felt like he kind of fell off for a while. Maybe it was just attitude issues. He didn't like Boston anymore, whatever it was. I don't know. But he just wasn't that defender anymore. So now I really think Jalen Brown is a step up. And Jason Tatum has looked ridiculously comfortable for a rookie. He has been the best rookie this year that was drafted this summer. So, excluding Ben Simmons, he's been the best rookie. Yeah, because Ben Simmons is just a legit all-star right now. Uh, but that's that's enough on the Celtics, I think, right there. That's some good stuff. I do have some fun stats for the boys, though. But first, this is the NBA Outsiders podcast. It's a sports blog New York podcast. As we like to remind you guys, it will soon be on its own feed. We're just waiting for some more hype and more buzz and hopefully some more views to show up on the NBA Outsiders. But to be quite honest, a little shout-out, a little pat on the back for us, the four, Pete, Bab, Duff, and Frank. We have now two episodes above 100 plays, and that's pretty nice for just starting this thing. We only have maybe six episodes, and we're ticking up. I like what we're doing here. So if you also like what we're doing here, Mr. Listener or Miss Listener, go on to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Leave a rating and review. It's the best way to show your support because you can really make sure that we see what you have to say about the show, what you like, who you don't like, whose side you're on most, what you want to hear more of, all that good stuff. So iTunes, Apple Podcast app, rating, review, fantastic way to help us grow, help us put on a better show for you, and don't forget to shout out the NBA Outsiders. So I have two fun stats for the boys right now, for Bab, Duff, Pete, and Frank. So number one, I tweeted out from the NBA Outsiders Twitter, at NBA underscore Outsiders, and that is that only six teams in the Eastern Conference, six teams, have a positive point differential. So we talked a lot, a lot in the preseason and early season about this East versus West, who's better, who's worse. If you look at that, that's not a great sign for the Eastern Conference, especially since the Knicks are the sixth team at plus 1.1. Teams like the Sixers are negative, the Bucks are negative, the Cavs are negative. It does not look good for the Eastern Conference. And in contrary, the Western Conference has a bunch more teams. I think 10 is the exact number. But there's one team specifically I need to talk to you about. And this is my fun stat for you as well. The Minnesota Timberwolves are 8-5. and five. They've had good wins against OKC, blown a few people out, lost some games. 
they have a negative point differential. Does that shock you guys? Yes. They're giving yeah, that's up pretty surprising. 111 points a game and only scoring 109. I mean, 109 is good. 111 is bad, but they're still winning more games than not. Like, how does this happen? Which team is this? The Timberwolves. Small sample size? They must have had a couple blowouts in there. That, well, they just, they just had the big blowout against the Warriors, so that'll do that. Ah, there we go, Duff. That's why we need to be heat-checked with early season stats, so I appreciate that shout. Well, anyway... Now we're going to lead into that a That is sec- weird, though. And I also think I've heard other people talk about the Timberwolves. They're just, like, not a, like, really fun team to watch. I don't know. I feel like they should be, but they're not. They're does a little that, clunky. They're, I've, I've watched a lot of their games. Um, they're getting better each game. Jimmy Butler is still super passive, but, like, he's starting to be a little bit more aggressive. And the more aggressive he is, it's a little bit more fun to watch. It just seems more pacey. Yeah, they're only going to keep trending upwards as the season goes on, I think. I mean, with the— I hope so. I have, like, almost—I'm selling all my tip stock at this point if anyone wants to buy that. Yeah, but with all, with the chemistry they're going to get, like you said, with Butler, and, and they the team is just a young, like, energetic team. I hope so. I don't root—like, look, we—I do, we, don't root against basically any team in the NBA. I just want every team to be as good as possible. I just want the best basketball for my league. That was I hope what, they that, do well. I just don't—I just— I don't know. I'm, I'm losing faith. That was really nice, Duff. That was a nice thing to say. I want the best for all my teams. <laughs> Every team is my team. Every team is my team. This is my league. NBA is family, guys. Whose teams is this? It's Duff's teams. NBA cares. <laughs> it's Duff's leagues. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to play a game now. Uh, basically a simple buy or sell type of situation here. Duff's going to go first, but each one of the NBA outsiders, uh, except Frank, I don't know if you, you can throw one in at the end. We kind of gave you the floor on the Knicks, and that was going to count. But throw it in on the end if you think of one. If not, oh well. But Duff's going to make a take, and we're going to buy or sell. Pretty simple. All right, so my take is that Russ Russell Westbrook makes his teammates worse. Like, maybe significantly worse. If you look at DeMontis Sabonis, uh, granted he was a rookie last year, but he just looked terrible. Like, his... Field goal percentage is awful. He wasn't really getting a lot of minutes. He was getting getting like 20 minutes, pretty solid. But he was averaging six points a game. Now he's up to 13. Uh, And he's pretty much averaging a double-double at 9.8 rebounds. You look at Victor Oladipo, who was averaging 16 points a game last year. Now he's the guy in Indiana with Sabonis. And he's got 23 points, 23 points a game. You look at Enos Cantor. We were talking about him on the Knicks. Now he's averaging a double-double getting 25 minutes a game and screw Doug McDermott because he's Doug McDermott. I don't know. I just, I don't have faith. And, uh, I, I don't know. I just feel like we're looking at this, some of the troubles that the, that the Thunder are having. Have they won a game against the West yet? Last time I checked, they hadn't. And I feel like Russ is not a great guy. He, do, or he, he doesn't make his teammates better. Melo definitely doesn't make his teammates better. Better. I don't really know about Paul George, so I'm just – is that really a winning culture in Oklahoma City? Like, I know they have great players, and I know I was like, eh, give it some time. Like, you get enough good players on the same team, it'll probably work out. But as I'm looking at them not performing as well as we kind of expected them to versus now other guys who left Oklahoma City, left Russell Westbrook, are now playing better, are we sure Russell Westbrook is, like, a winner? 
totally selling that. Dude won how many games last year? Over, he was over 500 with a subpar roster. And but now we see these parts in other places. Like, was it that subpar? Yeah, okay, so Reggie Jackson's better in Detroit. Does that mean that Russell Westbrook was the reason he wasn't good in Oklahoma City? Well, I'll say those two I mean, are very no, similar players. should have picked uh, uh, Victor Oladipo over him. Like it, over who? Over Russell Westbrook? Like no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Look, I look at this the same way. I'm kind of seeing Chris Paul right now, where we see him leave the Clippers, and now that team. I don't know. At least it's fun watching now, even though it's not translating to like a lot more wins. And now we see the Rockets playing super well without him. So. Why, like, obviously those players are great, going to be Hall of Fame players, but are they winners? Like, are they just, are they making their teammates better? He went to the finals as, like, a 23-year-old. So he's been to the playoffs a bunch of times. Well, he's had Kevin Durant and James Harden on his team. Well, let me me hop in here for a second. So I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy Russell Westbrook not making his teammates better. So I, before this season really started to get on the Russell Westbrook bandwagon. And if you listen to this podcast and listen to who I thought should be MVP last year, uh, James Harden, you know how I feel about the likes of Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. But to reiterate quickly, I always thought Russ didn't play the optimal way for his team's greatest success. And I I thought he was going to do it this year. I thought he was going to sit back and say, you know what, I need to make this work for everybody, not just make it work for me and the team like it needs to work for everybody first not me first then team or whatever whatever it is you can't discount this guy's will to win like he wants to win more than anybody but i think it's almost backwards here where he's tried to take that step back and tried to defer he just doesn't know how to do it and that's why i don't have i did not lose faith but i do think in so far in his career he does not make his teammates better he helps i I was the opposite last year because I was like, he's doing the best he can with what he's got. And now I thought he should have won the MVP, but now I'm looking at it. Like I see it kind of flip this year where I'm seeing guys leave him play better guys. He brings with him, you know, not playing, not playing great. So, or they're playing fine, but not, you know, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, what we expect Bad. What do you think? Well, I don't think like, like Pete, like, I, first of all, I'm selling it. I'm completely selling it. And Pete just said, I don't like he doesn't know if he can take that step back. I think he can. I think he is. I mean, his efficiency's up, his stats, uh, you know, points are down, but he's still getting those triple doubles. I think he can take that step back, but I just think he's such a better player when he does it. Like he needs to be, he needs to be unleashed. Like he needs to be playing to his, you know, full potential, one hundred fifty percent, how he plays every game and when he has those players around him I don't know if he necessarily can when he has to take that step back I think he's been doing it but I just don't think I don't think it helps the team when he does that and I you know he's never won a finals or a championship but I think I think he can and I think on a team like that he's gonna have to be the lead dog so I don't I I don't think he makes his teammates worse around him no way well, Matt, I actually kind of said the, I kind of said a similar thing to you. Like, I think he tried to take this step back right now, and I don't think he knows how to make the best of that yet. And I, I do think he needs to be more aggressive. He needs to be the alpha on that team, like absolutely. But being the alpha, like LeBron James did, unfortunately, to minor Frank's Knicks on Monday night, 
may not mean taking the shot, and he obviously is willing to pass. He averages all those assists. Uh, but it needs to be more flowing. Like There needs to be more fluidity in the entire team, and if he bought into not just getting assists and scoring, but moving without the ball and having everyone move without the ball and like an entire offensive flow, and maybe that's Billy Donovan's fault too. I don't know. But He's such a we I think I've talked about this maybe maybe on the pod, maybe not, where it's just like you play for with LeBron James and everything you kinda of do on offense if you're his teammate is dictated around what he does because he's such a prolific player and he can make all these plays, which is amazing because he's such a great player and everyone has to mold their game to him. But at the same time when he's not on the court, like what do we do now? Like our whole offense is built around LeBron, what he's gonna do. And it's just, I feel like it's the same thing for Russ. So if he's he's not in the game, like what do we do? Like we saw that team last year when he wasn't on the court, they were like minus a billion. It was crazy. But this how, is, many, how many Thunder games have you actually watched? I'm not trying to like put you on the spot really, but like I just want to know. I've watched like three. Okay. I've watched a little bit more than you. I, I think I watched five of them. Um, I get what you're all saying, but like I, I agree with Bab. Like watching, he, he is taking a step back. And you got to realize he went from pretty much being the highest usage player ever to getting two, you know, USA Olympic basketball caliber players on his team. So say what you want, they're probably top 20, you know, or were at least at one time. So it's not easy to adjust to that. And if you watch, like, in the first half of games, he only has, like, it seems like six shots in the first half of the game because he's trying to figure out how he can get Carmelo Anthony going, how he can get Paul George going. It's like, what are we, 15 games in now? Yeah, well, a little less than that, but yeah. 13. 13, no, and you guys are already selling? They're big shot. Yeah, I mean, what, what they're doing over in Boston is like an anomaly that they put this team together with like 12 new players and, and like only three guys remain. Like, that's that's the anomaly. That's like the one, that's the outlier. The but Thunder if you look at normal team. Look, look, dude, look at what LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh did the first half of their first season together. They weren't. They were not a lights-out team in the first half of that season by any stretch of the imagination. It takes time. So wait, Frank. Frank, what, what against world-class talent? Probably more so than playing alpha ball with a bunch of guys who just stand and shoot off of you. It's definitely harder to play this kind of ball. But wait, Frank. To go back to what Duffy's more main point was was based off of players who are leaving. So what do you have to say as a counterpoint to that? about, for example, Victor Oladipo and this new skill set of being able to kind of carry an offense and shoot more outside jumpers than we expected. What do you what do you have to say about him unleashing more to his game after he leaves Russell Westbrook? Well, he's more of a similar type of player to Russell Westbrook. So, you know, he's a guy who gets a decent amount of usage and uses it well in, in Indiana. In Oklahoma City, he didn't get that usage. But if you're the coach, who, who who's, whose hands are you putting the ball in? No, but that's not that's not the point though. But like, and, and the point to putting the hand the ball in his hands also means he needs to be responsible enough to allow the ball to move anyway and get it. Be- like, you know what I'm saying? Like when you watch the best offenses and in the he league, does. he does. And no, I, but like the thing is, I agreed with both you and Bad by saying he tried to take that step back and he just doesn't know exactly how to do it the best way yet. Like he doesn't know how to balance out 100 percent and 75 percent or whatever speed. Because he's getting to the free throw 
line four less times right now, which is a number that you didn't want to see go down. You want to see him attack. He is taking, you know, six less shots than he did last year, and that's kind of good to see. So that means he is passing more. He's not taking as many contested shots. Um, but you got to find the balance. And I think I didn't, like, like I said, I didn't lose faith yet in the Oklahoma City Thunder. But from his career and including what we have of this year, I don't see him pushing his teammates to the next level. And you compared them to Boston. You said it was an anomaly what Boston is doing right now. I think this is also a indictment on the coaches that Russ has had where they haven't put him in a fluid offense the same way Brad Stevens is doing in Boston with like whoever is there. I think that's a big like testament to how good of a coach he is that he that like almost complete roster turnover and their offense is still running pretty well and everyone's getting involved. And I just think if it was more of an offense like that where you can pick your spots, like Kyrie doesn't dominate the ball all the time. You know, he passes off to Horford who moves, you know, who passes it to wherever. And there's all these off-ball screens and backdoor cuts. And that's just a different style of offense. I don't think Russ could even run in that style of offense, though. I think he's the type of player who needs to dominate the ball to do what he can do. And I just don't think that's successful. Like, he needs to dominate the ball the same way Chris Paul needs to dominate the ball. And LeBron James can do it because he's fucking LeBron James. Like he's six foot nine, like three hundred pounds of solid muscle, and he could just see over the top of anyone and just rifle passes wherever he wants. So that's why it works better for him, most likely. I think him and Russ they play pretty similar, but LeBron is just like an alien, so he can get away with it. Yeah, like if, if you look at guys that have played with him for more than what is it, fourteen games, thirteen games, like. You're going to tell me he doesn't make Steven Adams a better player? I don't know. He doesn't make Jeremy Grant a better player? I don't know. Like I'm not going to give him on the credit. Team that you guys are pointing out that he doesn't make better are Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. Is like, it, How much like, better it, do you want him to make two you know, potential Hall of Famers? Carmelo Anthony, probably no doubt. Paul George... You know, he still has a long time to go to get there, but who knows? Exactly. I mean, if, if you're going to tell me he doesn't make, you know, a specific type of player, like, better, like a tier of player maybe, I would agree with you. But, like, overall, like, if you use the two biggest examples, you know, Harden and Durant, like, those are two guys that are going to want the ball in their hands. They're going to want to dominate the ball because they have so much talent. But, like, you're not getting that if you're playing with Russ. So, like, yeah, maybe they'd be better off in a place where they can do that. But overall, for the most part, I think – majority of his teammates an overwhelming majority he makes better i just am i asking too much for a team with russell westbrook paul george and carmelo anthony to have an over 500 record 13 games in a season is yeah, that too much to ask absolutely that's absolutely. too much to ask is that they're over Dude, go look at when lebron james Dwayne wade and chris bosh teamed up in miami they were underneath 500 for the first 20 games of the season too so you know you want to go out on that team they went to what four straight finals and won two of them so you know what hop off the bandwagon because you're wrong those three betters are are better than these three better these play, players though these those three players oh, were better wait i got i got a little spin cycle for everybody here how about this carmelo anthony actually missed the past two games and okc has won yeah. okc looks a little more fluid paul george is looking real nice what are the odds that Melo is actually just a cancer? Oh, it's yeah, Melo's yeah not no, a that's shocking, right? We haven't been, I haven't been saying that for like two years now, though. Melo's not a winner. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying that. You're, you're calling out the wrong dude. That's right. Or well, we're calling out Russ when it's all about Melo. I mean, 
I don't I don't think it's all about any one of them, but the loser of the group. Look, they can't pretend like he's hurt all season though. They can't just release him. So is he gonna like that's what the Rockets seem to be doing with Chris Paul, why not? Uh, I don't yeah, know if it, I don't know if it's out yet that they're actually going to be doing that with Chris Paul. I think he'll be back soon. But I mean, if it's me and the way I feel about Melo, yeah, just sit him down until he's until they lose, probably. What run him out of the league? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. Know, we got to move on. We got to move on. This has gone. The one way... common ground Frank and I have is that we both hate Melo. This has gone <laughs> way. Too I don't far. hate Melo, but he's not a winner. Oh, uh, yeah, I hate Melo, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this has gone pretty far now, so let's move on to our next NBA Outsiders take of the day. Uh, that first one was Duff's. It expanded for some uh, extra minutes there, I guess. But we're at about 40 uh, at the moment. Sounds like a perfect time for Bab to give us his take. Yeah, so the Pelicans, they, they look all right. You know, they got Davis and Cousins. Killing it, you know, stat-wise, points, boards. They seem to do it all. They're eight and five. Uh, I the, the the Pelicans. They're not going to make the playoffs. And it, Demarcus Cousins is going to be one of the best bigs in the league. That's never ever ever going to win a playoff series. It's just disappointing, but that's that's kind of how his career is going to go. Whoa! I did not expect yep. you to go that direction. There it is. That's it, it, it's a shame because he's so talented. Everything he can do, but I don't think so. This is. Their record right now, like I said, they're eight and five, but it's a little deceiving. They're they're undefeated versus teams with losing records, and they're winless against teams with winning records right now. So, none of their wins have been against you know quality opponents so far to start the season. I've watched a couple games, and I know I told Duff this, um, you know, maybe a little bit ago. When you watch the games, it's it's, it's like. When you look at them, at the stats at the end of the game, Cousins and Davis, like I said, they get theirs, but I don't think they, like, mesh. It's it's like the, the offense is they, they take it down, they pass it to Davis in the post. He does something and puts up a shot. And I watched DeMarcus Cousins on back-to-back possessions where they just gave it to Davis and ISO, he put up a shot, kind of stand right at the arc and almost, like, roll his eyes. Like, he didn't roll his eyes the first time. He kind of just rolled his head and ran back down on defense. Second time, he, like... Gave a good hard eye roll, and then he got the ball next possession. Didn't even look to pass. Just put up a shot. It just it doesn't look like it's fluid basketball. And and like I said, the, their record, who they've won against and who they haven't won against, it just, it's just kind of telling. And that's where I see DeMarcus Cousins, just his, his uh, kind of legacy as a player going right now. I don't think he's ever going to win anything important. Wow. Throw, throw it back at me. Wow. Well, I, 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 no, I love it. I was saying yeah. that when he was like second or third year in the league, and you were actually the one who was calling me crazy. You were like, yo, he's so good, though. He's like, blah, so blah, blah. Good. I was like, I don't buy it. Like, I just don't see him as a winner. And you're like, no, Sacramento is just bad. Granted, he's in, a, he's in another really terrible franchise in New Orleans. But mm-hmm. he's so it's good. interesting how that's flipped in a couple years with us. Yep. It's, it's, it's a shame, but I really, I really see it going down that path. So bad. So bad. Yeah, give it to me. Before this podcast, you, uh, I asked you, just so we didn't have the same topics, like we all said what we we're going to talk about, and you just said the Pelicans, and I was like, oh, I have a, a fun stat for you. I think you're going to like it. That's because I assumed you were going like somewhere pro-Pelicans. No. Well, you want to hear it anyway? Give it to me. Give me the pro-Pelicans stat. So on my nerd website, according to Duffy, called NBAMath.com, uh, they do this thing, Total Points Added, which I broke down. It might have been when you were MIA, Bab. But 
in this little model here where it takes the plus minus and different things of offense and defense, makes a net, and there you go. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are both in the top five in the NBA in this category. That, in in that, that top five is James Harden, who's way ahead of everybody right now, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis, followed by Steph Curry, Jokic, Lillard, Durant, like some of the best players around. Uh, and they're right in the thick of it. And I could have sworn you were going to go positive on the Pelicans. I was going to give you that. You were going to love it. I mean, I'm shocked, but also I have to agree with you. I mean, it doesn't work, right? It just does not work in New Orleans. Uh, my hope is that Boogie ends up somewhere else. And it's also I my hope. Gone. I hope they trade him. And I hope, well, he's definitely gone after this year. And then I also hope that after this contract, Anthony Davis also leaves. New Orleans doesn't deserve him, unfortunately. And I hate to say that. Like, New Orleans doesn't even move New Orleans. Move them to the Seattle. Right, like make them the Seattle SuperSonics. You'll see them in, in, be in the playoffs in two years. I guarantee it. <laughs> so it just change the name. Just change where the franchise is located. That's it. Don't touch anything about the roster, or the coaching staff. So Demarcus Cousins, Demarcus Cousins leaves right after this year. During this year, whenever it happens, does he ever win a playoff series? Well, if he goes to Washington, then yes. Okay. Yeah, I really want him to get traded to Washington. I think we brought this up like preseason when I was like selling the Pelicans already. That would be a fun. I team. Wanted to trade to Washington so him and John Wall could play together. So, do we are we all buying this? Well, we're not, so let's be straight here. We're we're not buying specifically that Boogie's not making a, a playoff uh, or winning a playoff series ever. We're buying that the Pelicans are they're toast. They're done. Get out of New Orleans. If you're, if, if are you saying player. he'll never win a series in New Orleans or that he'll just never win a series? He will never win a playoff series. Wow. It's, he is the problem. Any team that he goes to, it's he is the problem, and I don't think he ever wins a playoff series. The Never one team wins. I think he could go to and it could work out is the Washington Wizards just because of John Wall, just because of that Kentucky connection. That would be a great story and a lot of fun for the NBA outsiders. All right, well, yeah. we're three. Like I think we all half bought that one. We bought some of it, left some of it in the store purposely. Um, I full buy that. No, I full buy that. Oh, you got a full buy? Yeah, he's got a full buy on this, man. Damn. I didn't, I didn't know you were <laughs> a big spender like that, Frank. I'm a rich nah, man. man. Frank's, Frank's a moderate baller at best. Definitely moderate baller, but when I choose to ball, I ball hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. All right, well, now it's time for our last one. Or no, we have two more, actually. Frank has, Frank's book to pull one out of his sleeve. Um, so mine is, this is my take. There's a team in the NBA that we've said is underrated so many times that they left the underrated realm. And now we've said it so many times that they're back in the underrated realm. The San Antonio Spurs... Minus an MVP candidate, minus a defensive player of the year, are still four games above 500 and beat one of the best teams in the East. I mean, in the West. The Spurs are still underrated in the NBA. They deserve, like, I don't know, I know they don't want it, but they deserve, like, New York media hype for, like, a month just to see what it feels like. It's honestly bullshit. I'm kind of jealous of their low keyness. But they are so good. Can you imagine if a team like the Cavs, the Warriors, um, the Rockets, the Thunder lost their best player, who's an MVP candidate, the Bucks lost them all, and are going to still be steadily the top four team in their conference and get no love? 
It's unbelievable. That's what I got to say. It's just pop. It's just pop. Exactly. Exactly. He's the best coach ever. The only way that happens is with a coach like Pop, who knows how to get the most out of every single player he's got, that they can do that without their MVP candidate. Absolutely. And they don't just go after any player. Like, Kyle Lowry wanted to go to the Spurs this offseason, and they didn't want him because he's the type of dude who just needs the ball in his hands. He's talked about it. It's just they, they just have players that work well in his system. They know their role. He's, he must be very clear to them. Like, Danny Green, I just need you to shoot threes and play defense, and I don't need you to dribble the ball even one time. Like, Pau Gasol, just give me whatever you can. Like, I, I don't know, just score a couple points. LaMarcus, just go beast. Like, every player's got their role. And it's, it's like, what's Mono Ginobili's like 40 years old? Like, if he's on any other team, he's not nearly as productive or like this active or engaged. And they, they're another team that moves the ball and has a fluid offense. Yo, Manu Ginobili, homie is straight balling still. Straight balling. <laughs> he's still dunking on fools. He's still like making people look stupid. It's unbelievable. My man's had a bald spot 13 years ago, and he's still dunking to this day. <laughs> he used to have the best bald spot in the NBA. Now he's just bald. Oh, hands down. Hands down the best one. So here, here's a little fun stat for you folks at home. The Spurs are seventh in assists, right, in the entire league for like a team standpoint. Their leader in assists per game is Pau Gasol. Wow. 3.8. But literally... <laughs> Like, everybody averages two assists a game. Oh, like, everybody who plays substantial minutes, pretty much, outside of, like, Joffrey Laverne, like, averages two assists a game. It is ridiculous. I just need to say that. I don't even know if there's anything to buy or sell. I just need to get that out off my chest. They deserve the hype, and it's still boring. Like, this segment right now that we're talking in is probably boring, but they deserve it. They deserve that's it. How the, that's how the Spurs like it, baby. Look, we know Pop's listening right now, and he's just gonna—he's gonna appreciate this when it comes out tomorrow. Wait, speaking of speaking of Pop li- listening, did y'all see my Snapchat? Nah, we no. had we had we had that one podcast. About, uh, you probably seen it. I just didn't tell you what it is. Uh, Pop, that, yeah. that one podcast where Porzingis's name was in the title. I don't know if that's anything to do with it, but we had three listens from Latvia, and I could not only guarantee it, I can guarantee that that was Porzingis's family. Like they hit me up. They DM, they slid in the DMs. Just listening while they're making dinner. Just any podcast that has to do with their son. Yeah. So they heard that That's me and Duff ranked them first, and they love us. And they heard that you know Frank and D- uh, Bad put them like third and fourth or whatever they put them, and they're not happy about you guys. So confirmed, we have beef with Porzingis's family right now. Yeah, confirmed. Confirmed. Well, I have no beef. They've listened to multiple shows, so they know they got mad love coming. Coming to Chris Stapps from me. So, we're good. We're good. That's fair. All right, well, Frank, did you pull anything up your sleeve or out of your sleeve or whatever? Wherever you pulled something from, you got a take for us? Uh, yeah, real quick. Uh, I got some flack for this. I don't know if we'd had it in a pod, but I got some flack for this from Duff. Uh, saying my man Damian Lillard is an all-star caliber player. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are looking all right so far this year. Uh, Yusef Nurkic is looking like a real player. And, you know, I think you could attribute a lot of that success to playing alongside a guard like Damian Lillard. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, though. Just shout out Blazers. Just shout out Blazers and Damian Lillard. Make that all star team, fam. We out here. That's actually... Why do you attribute that to Damian Lillard? 
because they run a lot of pick and roll. Dame Lillard and Yusuf Nurkic. Do you watch? I watch. So, so you're on the you're on the Lillard is an all star wagon now. Yeah, I guess he's that's always been. That was a big that was a big debate we had before yeah. the season started. Yeah, that's true. So now that it's played out a little bit, how about we get a little buy or sell from from the crowd? I am buying the Portland Trailblazers, and that's also because my man CJ the DJ. CJ McCollum's out, unreal. He's outrageous. His moves are like top-notch in the league. I love watching fun, him ball. Fun fact about CJ, one of the few players in the league who has a higher three-point percentage than two-point per, than like overall field goal percentage. Wow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Fun fact. That's not a good stat, though. No. You won't change that. <laughs> He's in that he's in that category with Austin Rivers. Is the only other player I know of. I'm sure they're not the only two. Aaron Gordon, your boy. Right, yeah, so Gordon's got to be in there. Real quick, let's just list off the guards that were in the uh, All Star game last year. So you had in the Western Conference. In the West, so you had Steph Curry, James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, and then Gordon Hayward was like the guard forward flex spot. So. You can guarantee one of those spots is open with Gordon Hayward. Are any of those other spots open? Curry's Curry, Harden. I feel like I feel like just Thompson. for the sake of so many of them being on the same team, possibly Thompson's. Possibly Thompson's spot, but I mean, if it's but just raw head to head, I personally, if it was raw head to head, I personally would still pick Clay. But I don't know if they put four dudes from the same team in. They did okay, last so year. There's one spot. There's one spot for him that we know. And now Paul George could take that guard. Nah, he couldn't, actually. He's just straightforward. Um, I don't know who else would take it. I'd have to think about it. Well, shocking. Shout out Pete. No, this is his boy. Jamal Murray actually has some really good numbers this year so far. Yeah, but I think just because of who Damian Lillard is, he would get that spot over Jamal. I'm trying to think of people. Oh, Jamal Murray's not even close to an all-star. No way. Or from Lillard. Sorry. Uh, well, uh, that's a good that's a good discussion that we could have on another day. I think a uh, too soon All Star conversation could be kind of fun because, like we said, there's not a lot of spots open up if these guys make it who have been making it for the past couple of years. So it is an interesting topic of a conversation. But now it's time for our last topic of the podcast. So we're about fifty or fifty two minutes in right now, and I'm going to put you three through the gauntlet. So it's Pete Kennedy. Justin Babb, Frank Villani, and John Lucas Duffy here, the NBA Outsiders. You know who we are if you're listening at this point. We're going to play a game. I'm putting these three through the gauntlet, and the game is simply who's better off. Who's better off moving forward? And the parameters of this game are going to be the 2017-18 season. The NBA Outsiders live in the moment at this moment. Not always. Sometimes we talk about blowing it up, tanking, because that's unnecessary. But right now, there's a month in to the season. There's a lot of teams who think they have playoff dreams. So we're going to play a little game of who's better off. I'm going to call out an outsider, and they got to reason it in like 20 seconds, 25 seconds, of who's better off for the 2017-18 season moving moving, eh, moving forward. Sorry. Okay, so who wants to go first? I'll go. All right, ready? Yeah. Washington Wizards, Toronto Raptors. Who's better off moving forward? The Wizards. Because Kyle Lowry, after he, they, the, I think we talked about this before the pod, but the Raptors lost to the Celtics. DeRozan had a sh- chance to win it. I think this was with like the no Kyrie, no Al Horford, or maybe it's just no Kyrie. Al Horford had a big game, 
the Celtics, and DeRozan had, like, a turnaround jumper to win it, and he missed it, and it wasn't really a bad shot. Like, all the players were kind of like, yeah, it's a good shot. Even Kyle was like, yeah, it's a good shot, but I think for us to be in a better position to win, I'm going to need to force more shots for the team, and he hasn't been able to find a rhythm so far this year. He hasn't been able to get fully engaged. I don't think he's had a game where he scored over 20 points. Like, maybe he did that tonight against the Rockets. I'd have to check. I think he actually did, but so this would be the first time. And I'm just... I'm just worried about that team and how Lowry doesn't like the ball or doesn't like for the ball not to be in his hands. So you're buying Wall and Beal and not Lowry and DeRozan. Frank, who is better off moving forward? Denver Nuggets or the Oklahoma City Thunder? Damn, that's a real gauntlet. Uh, I'm going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um like we said before, they're kind of like in a weird spot right now. They're like stalled, but you know everybody sees that there's immense potential. Uh, once they find their niche, and Russell Westbrook feels that Carmelo and Paul George are comfortable enough, he's gonna take that spot back, and we're still gonna be talking about them as like one of the teams that could possibly, you know, be there in the final four, maybe final two. Who knows? Wait, I got a question real quick before you move on, Pete. Sorry. I just got to ask this. So we were talking before about Russ, KD, and Harden, how they were you know, great and they made it to the finals, but Harden was like a six-man for them scoring off the bench and stuff, just kind of giving them more depth and you know, balancing the minutes. What if they did that with Carmelo? Where they, I, I know they probably can't just because he's Carmelo, but what if they made him like the six-man and he was just – chucking shots with the second unit. He gets to shoot all the shots he wants. First he of never all, does that. First yeah, of so, all. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but wait, but my question is, I know they can't do it, but does that make them better? I feel like that would make them better. Well, right now, what they're doing is they're trying to stagger Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And to be to be completely honest, like you guys said, like Paul George has had two really good games these past two games. But when they're all on the court at the same time, Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony seem to have more of a flow together than Russ and Paul George. So I think they like to kind of stagger that one a little bit more just because Carmelo's play style kind of fits more in with Russ's more so than Paul George because Carmelo's catch and shoot and Paul George's more shot off the dribble kind of guy. We also Carmelo Anthony laughed at that question when he got asked at a press conference before the season. Well, uh, moving on. That's because he's stupid and I'm smart. <laughs> Bab is now in the gauntlet. Babs. Orlando Magic, Los Angeles Clippers. Who's better off moving forward? Ugh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Clippers. I just oh. think it's 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 gonna have to be the Clippers. I know I talked the Magic up a little bit earlier when they're gonna beat the Celtics on November twenty third. Gordon's gonna drop forty, but moving forward, I, I see the Celtics. I see the uh, the Magic getting worse. We've talked about Gordon a lot. I think his percentages will fall off. And I see the Clippers getting better. They're 5-8, and eight, but they've had experience. I mean, they're, they're kind of – when Austin Rivers is like your your guy that's, that's running your offense, it's not – I don't think it's a great look. But I think Griffin and DJ still got a chemistry. And I think they finish in the playoffs or 12 seed right now. But I think they make the playoffs. And I think the Magic – like I said, just get worse. That's what I was going to say because the Clippers are in the West and it's going to be tough to make the playoffs. And I thought you were bought in on Magic making the playoffs. I thought you were going to flip to the Magic there. That's a good one. Duff, back to you. Next question in the gauntlet. Minnesota Timberwolves 
Or the D... Uh, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was going to say the Detroit Pistons. But yeah, how about that? Detroit Pistons yeah, and Minnes- Minnesota Timberwolves. Go. Uh, gut feeling. Um, I'm going to go Pistons just because I really just don't believe in tips. I really just don't. Oh. And Drummond is shooting. If he shoots even 50% from the foul line... You know, it's he's doing better than that. But if it's if it hovers somewhere like fifty three percent, fifty five percent, whatever, then they can keep him on the court in the fourth quarter. You can't play like hack a drumming because he's shooting thirty five percent. So he adds a lot for them defensively. And I just really don't like Tibbs, and I just don't see Towns. I guess he's just not going to figure it out on defense. I don't know, man. He's he seems like way too good of a player, but. Until I see it for an extended stretch of games where he kind of maybe anchors that defense a little more, I'm not buying it. Relax. All right. That's, <laughs> that's why That's why I kind of thought that was a good one, even though uh, common intuition says Timberwolves are better off. Pistons, man, they're doing some good things in the basketball court right now. Frank, you're in the gauntlet. Are you ready for this? So. Milwaukee Bucks. Or the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Milwaukee Bucks, just because they're way more talented than a lot of teams in the East. So it's gonna be an easier ride for them. I think Portland's gonna be scrapping for you know a seven eight seed in the West when when everything comes down to it. Also, Giannis like. You're always better off when you have the Greek freak. All right, Bab, last one. I'm putting you really up in the spin zone here, and I'm reusing a team. Detroit Pistons, Philadelphia 76ers. Who you got moving forward? I want unbiased, Bab. Did we lose Bab again? No, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I was, I, I was talking. For, so we're talking for this season. You pulled it off. Can we call that a bab now? Is that officially a bab because you've done it more times than me? I think that's officially a bab. We're talking Pistons Sixers this season. Overall, I think the Pistons end up in a better spot. Wow. Wow. You know what, Bab? Listen, you, you want to talk this season. I think that they end up you know, better off this year And if you're going to go strictly by where they end up in the Eastern Conference. And... I mean, are you going to tell me that the Pistons are going to finish lower than the Sixers? Because I can't see the Sixers being anything but a fringe 6-7-8 team, and the Pistons will probably finish a little higher than that based on how they're playing right now. Wow. Call yourself you know a Sixers fan, bro. They're, they're going to make – listen, they're going to make the playoffs. Let me keep my reality in check. I was told to throw all my biases out the window at the door. I like, Sixers, I like it, A real bad. Sixers fan can't do that. Out the window at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Beb, I appreciate that response, but also Duffy is now officially the Sixers guy on the NBA Outsiders. <laughs> That's right. My, my rifle's like that. My Sixers. Yo, you're going to tell me to throw out bias and then strip the title of Sixers guy because I threw out my bias? This is yes, whack. a real Sixers guy would never throw out the bias. It's this impossible. is a mutiny, Bab. I'm on your side. This is whack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, Bab, I actually appreciate that. And it's a tough question. I can see it them is. both ending up in like that 5, 6, 7 spot because uh, I think the Wizards yeah, and Raptors pop up. I got one for you, up. bro. All right, let's go, Frank. You're putting us all in the hot seat. Uh, okay, we're going to go We're gonna go Phoenix Suns. Nice. Or Sacramento Kings. 
Oof. Yeah, that's right. Basically, basically, who's going to be the worst team in the NBA? Well, and I take think it out you want it. That's a tough one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say shout out Duff. Let's go, Suns. Devin Booker is the best player between those two teams. I think. My son's the Suns. He's De- definitely the best. Duff, now, that, now that Bledsoe's gone, he is the best player. Duff's sons, the sons, they needed the Bledsoe thing to, to happen. They don't have Earl Watson anymore. Gave him a little life. Uh, for some reason, this team he is like... spoke com- that into existence, by the way. Competing really hard. And I think... Uh, yeah, for real. I think the Sacramento Kings, by the way, they just stink. They're not good. <laughs> <laughs> that, just fr- that franchise just stinks. Yeah, but De'Aaron well, Fox is really cool. TJ, don't sleep on TJ Warren. Like the Phoenix Suns, if you compare those teams, probably have the best one and two players between uh, Devin Booker and TJ Warren. Absolutely. Boogie ruined Boogie ruined that franchise, and he's on his way to number two. No, no, they tor- they torched the franchise around him. Remember when they had that? Who was that one coach that Boogie actually loved? And then they were killing it. They were <laughs> they were like over five hundred through like the first twenty games of the year for like the George, first time Carl. George and then they were, like, get, they were like, get out. It wasn't George yeah, Carlin. Malone. Malone. He's the coach of the Nuggets now. It's Mike Malone. Who? Mike Malone. Yeah? Is also, that, is that right? Okay. Yeah, no, it is. But now I have one last question. And it's just a true or false. And we've got to end up pretty soon because we're reaching where we like to end off these NBA Outsider podcasts. So, true or false. And we can go in order. Let's go Bab Duff Frank. Just true or false. The Knicks will end with a better record. Then the Heat, Pacers, Nets, and Hornets. True or false? Heat, Pacers, Nets, and Hornets. True. Duff. Uh, heat, Pacers, Nets, and Hornets. False. All three? All of them? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm going false too. Who's the Who's the breaker? I think the Hornets are a better team than the Knicks are right now. I think if it's any team, it's the Pacers, but I, I'm going false, though. I'm true. actually going to go... I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted right now between the Hornets and the Heat. I think it's the Heat. I think the Heat have a better record. Pete, what do you think? Oh, man, I wasn't prepared to answer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Your own damn question. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I am going to go... With false, and I think it's the Hornets. Really? I think it's the Hornets. I uh, I was kind of high on the Heat coming in. I, I I think the Heat just nah, they're just missing something. Dion Waiters is all hype. That's what I'll say. Ooh, Waiters, I shot. That's actually a direct shot at me. That was like LeBron esque. Waiter, Waiters you know Island. You know what the Heat's problem is? Justice Winslow. That's the Heat's problem. That's possible. <laughs> Waiters True. Island. Waiters Island. All fun. No winning. Yo, it's do so the Knicks fun. do the Knicks or the Sixers finish with a better record? Though? Sixers, easy money, not even close. Sixers, yeah. I feel like Embiid is not really even playing up to his full potential right now. Like, no. there was, fuck what was that month? <laughs> that, what was what month was it? it was like January? It was January or, last year. January last year. Wait, what were they like fifteen and five in that month? Yeah, and he had like he was averaging like twenty nine and like thirteen and like twenty yeah, it was three minutes. He was like, he was, like refusing to let them lose. And I just yeah. think he's not there yet. Once him and Simmons figure out how to play together, th- th- like those two could be just so sick. Oh, they get, they get time to learn though. Where, what? Where 
they get some time to figure each other out, but not not the Thunder, though. I feel you, bro. Bro, they <laughs> both of them have not even played a combined what fifty games in the NBA. Yeah, no, that's cool, bro. You 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 you're right. You're right, bro. You're right. Hundred percent right. I am right. It's completely different. Yeah, just like how you can be a fan of every team. Yo, my man, my man's in B played thirty six minutes the other night. He's he's uh pushing that that minutes total right now. Wait, when do the, the Knicks play the Sixers? When do the Knicks play the Sixers? Christmas uh, Day, we're going. Yeah, it's Christmas oh, Day. Oh, dude, guys, guys, guys! Shout Steve out Steve Max. Max. Damn, yeah. we forgot to shout out Steve Max. Steve Max, nah, is it's right here, fam. Simon Says Guy, but no, we'll bring him up again on the next episode. Simon Says Guy on Twitter. Also, stevemax.com or something like that. Steve, Just type in Steve Max, Simon Says Guy, on Twitter. He's legit. We've been talking to him on Twitter. He's an awesome dude. We're trying to get him to get us to Madison Square Garden on Christmas Day for Knicks Sixers. Because <laughs> he's performing halftime. And he's been talking to us. So we're going to get we're gonna do that. Is he actually? Yes. That's a, No way. But he you tweeted at us. He said that. Tough. I told you that, bro. Oh, I missed that. Damn. Come on. He tweeted at us and said that. And here's the thing. He can, he can go to any arena in the country. You hear this, Steve Max? Any arena in the country, you let me know the time, the arena, and I'll be there in my Simon Says uniform, and I'll beat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Let's keep... There it is. That's the official call out right there. That's the official call out. If you're I love completely it. completely confused out there, just go to YouTube, type in Simon Says Guy or Steve Max. And just fall down that rabbit hole for like a good hour. <laughs> a good hour. It's a also, gentlemen, it's official. There's two battles now in the NBA Outsiders. We have Duff versus Frank. That's real. We know that. We also have Bad versus Steve Max. Simon says guy. It's Bring true. It. It's it's legit. He called you out. He said he said he's been Simon Sesson since '85. That's what he says, Bab. Said he said you're finished when he wants. And I've been I've been listening to words since I was born. I can hear Simon says out of a sentence or whatever, and I can follow directions after that. And if I don't hear it, you know what? I'm not doing it. This guy is not always cracked up to be. I'm convinced. <laughs> I love it. I do love it. All right. Well, my last take is because I didn't get this in before. I really want to say it. 76ers will be better than the Knicks, and it won't be mostly because Embiid. It's because Ben Simmons is legit. He's the best on that team. It's his team. That's it. It's all about Ben Simmons. I've been trying to tell y'all. Word. Nothing? Nah, no, I'd agree. You ain't going to get no flack from me. Dude, it, look, we talked about this last week. And in the Clippers game last night, they played Sixers played Clippers. And Bede fouled out uh, DeAndre Jordan. He fouled out Willie Reed. And, and he dominated. And, and down the stretch, they were just posting him up. That's all they did. Like the last three minutes of the game were just feeding the ball to Embiid. And there was, like, Simmons was nowhere to be found. He had a sick reverse dunk. Like, he still got his numbers, but down the stretch. And B is the guy that they go to. Wait, where, wasn't that the game where Simmons had seven dunks? Simmons had seven field goals. Oh, yeah, man, I'm, talking, was... I'm talking about at the end when it's, like, a tie game and you need uh, a bucket. Uh, uh, okay, though. Behind. Okay, though. He didn't do nothing, though. He was ju- just yammed on everybody's head the whole game. That's Frank, right. you're either trolling for the sake of trolling <laughs> or you're just a complete idiot and you don't understand. You're just that. a total beta and you're wrong. <laughs> Tower. Now, now we turn to the last resort to try to to try to make the point. Uh, well, anyway, I think that's enough. I think we did enough here on the NBA Outsiders today. We got uh, Pete, Bab, Frank, and Duff in the house. We got any last words from the Outsiders? Shout out Sports Angus, my man's a unicorn. Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> 
I love sports. Oh, guys, that's a good one. This is the NBA Outsiders. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're here after an hour and ten, we appreciate you. So appreciate us back. Hit us with a review. That's it. It takes 30 seconds. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to shout you out on the show. So keep tuning in. We appreciate every listener. This is the NBA Outsiders.